Are we starting right now? Yep, you didn't recording. even give me time to pull up Spotify. Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it in later. Yeah, please do. Yeah, that's uh, right. The boys we are back after a dark period. The poor quality dickheads are back. Yeah, the dark week. What happened, Sean? As our as our resident audio engineer, I think that you owe them an explanation. That's true. It was my fault. <laughs> Basically, I mean, how you don't want to get too dull with it, but basically, we record this by splitting it into two mono channels, so we can I can edit each voice separately, right? And uh, accidentally, on my software here, I had set it rather than to record stereo, so it can get both channels. I set it as mono, so it only recorded the left channel. So if you really want me to release a podcast where all you can hear is me talking to nobody, just uh, yeah, just gaps. and then gaps and silence, and I'm Robert like, requested it. Oh, he did. Robert, our super fan, wants an episode every week, regardless. He said, <laughs> "He said, release the Sean only cut." He says it'll be like an audio version of the Garfield comics where they take out Garfield. I think it would sound more like a severely mentally old man. Well, that's what those Garfield. Have at... you seen those Garfield comics? No, before? and I don't really care to talk about Garfield. But <laughs> what the fuck? You... Anyway, we're back. Poor quality dickheads. Yeah, it's on. It's right. on. What's on the table? We've been... And it, the well, thing is, it's not like we're coming back in fresh with new Vim yeah, and Vigor. Exactly. We recorded last <laughs> week. <laughs> the, the shitty thing is, the last week's one was probably one of my favorites. It was a good one. It was a really good one. Yeah, we got deep. You'll just have to trust us. The, I got. I talked about some of my issues. <laughs> we, you know? I don't remember that We part. talked about, like, we revealed some fucking secrets. And now it's forever the lost episode. Wasn't I talking about wanting to die of like... Yeah, you were talking about how you want to die of cancer. I want to die of cancer. Well, by the way, have you been to the doctor? That's a, I think we can repeat that. Uh, well, I think I might have a bit of, a little yeah, bit of cancer going on. A bit of the big C. Um, no, I haven't been to a doctor yet because uh, the insurance still hasn't come through. Oh, dear. So, yep, I'm still going to have to wait a little while before I go to the doctor. I mean... Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, think I was, I was lightheartedly talking about how, at the very least, it's not just going to be... Hope, if I did get cancer, I'd want it to be something that was terminal and quick. Yeah. And that way I could just get it over with rather than like going for a year or two of chemo and radiation and stuff like that. But yeah, so I was talking a little bit like lighthearted cancer chat and then talking. I remember we ended by talking about Final Destination, but instead of, you know, surviving death and then death coming to catch you anyway, you survive death and then you just get like a really boring terminal illness diagnosis. Yeah. Or Down Syndrome. Yeah. One of the yeah, two. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It was good. and really we really fucking good bits. We can't recreate that. You know, no, you can't recreate you can't magic. recreate magic. You Lightning really strikes can. once and that's it. Well, that's why the great magicians of the world, they only perform their tricks once. Ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Even if no one's around to it see it. It goes up live exactly once. There is this kind of thing. There is this kind of thing among magicians because I've spent a lot of time... Uh, either reading up on magicians or investigating them or being around them myself and they do have a very elitist uh, attitude where they like they love to talk about a trick that only they ever saw the thing is most magic tricks really aren't that good <laughs> what do you mean they're really not once you once you get to the once you've learned pretty much if you've read the royal roads card magic or any of the card college books card magic instantly can impress you but not be good you know not be particularly ingenious. You can see the roots of almost any card trick, even a hundred years ago, let alone thousands. You know, so it's not. I don't know. After a while, you get pretty jaded, and then it becomes a pursuit, like being really good at golf or really, really good at fucking 
woodwork, you know. It, the, the mystery completely vanishes very quickly once you're you familiar know, with a few things. You know, I like cards. I like card magic in person, one-on-one. Some, your friend doing cards for you, love it. Yeah. Small group, love it. But if I'm paying to see a fucking show, and all these people got up there as a goddamn deck of cards and a close-up camera... That sucks. Right. Especially since you can do pretty much, like, a lot of things, like, say, a fucking force, some simple fucking card, like, principle, you can just take that and apply it to something that actually uses a prop or something that actually has some conceptual merit or weight to it. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Cards aren't that visually appealing after a certain point. Well, people were really confused with that Penn and Teller show, Fool Us. Um, they were like, oh, how does Teller possibly know how all these tricks are done? It's because even if the prop's different or the presentation's different, yeah. essentially there are about five tricks yeah. <laughs> in the world. There's only about five tricks, and they essentially use the same principles or similar principles anyway, and it's pretty easy to reverse engineer them if you know anything. Right. So, but, I mean, the, the fascinating thing about that show is that Penn doesn't know how any of them are done. It's always Teller who gets them, and it's like, come on, <laughs> even you I think, can guess half. You of them. think that's true? Well, he says that, but he's, he does that to be self-effacing. I think they they whisper to each other a lot. I wonder what I always wondered about the editing of that they show. They whisper about other things. They probably whisper about where they're getting dinner. You know, <laughs> but if you don't know the when, it, when they bar and grill <laughs> when they uh, on full, on Penn and Teller's fullest. If you haven't seen it, the magicians come out, perform a trick, and Penn and Teller have to figure out how it's done. If not, they have fooled them, and they get a prize of some pretty weak value you get to open for them in vegas um, which is crazy because i've seen them in vegas many a time and i've never seen an opener the only opener i ever see is goddamn mike jones and fuck jones and himself playing and Penn himself yeah. playing upright bass. Well, we're not gonna get into pendulette again but oh, yeah, i guess that's true <laughs> we started this by being like let's not talk about our tired old subject of theme parks <laughs> and then immediately we're like pen <laughs> but what happens on that show is uh they perform their trick they get the applause and then the host chats with the performer for a little while usually terrible patter like Alison Hannigan you know Willow from Buffy chatting to a magician yeah fuck god she's a poor fucking host everything she's a poor everything Ah, she's fine I want to bash Alison Hannigan for a second she's fine playing Willow and Buffy and she's fine playing the Bandcamp girl from American Pie well the thing is is that you didn't realize that those uh, performances are actually cooler than Allison Hannigan herself. Well, I think she's trying like, to like the. I, I think what happened is it's on the CW, right? Yeah, and I think she was in some show on the C- CW at the time, so it was one of those been, weird right? cross promotion things where they get a star of one of their other network shows to right. host a show that they're completely ill-equipped for, and she. I don't think had any hosting experience and certainly has no knowledge of magic or anything. Jonathan Ross, who used to host it, to his credit, actually has a very long history of Penn and Teller. He he was the first person to bring them to the UK and they were on his interview show there. He has a lot of experience hosting. So it kind of made sense that him Damn. being an old friend of theirs and being a host, he would host it. Then he, for whatever reason, left or they didn't ask him back. They probably wanted to get an American host and well, someone who would bring in a crowd. So they got Alison Hannigan, who... <laughs> <laughs> Alison Hannigan, her from the the annoying one from How I Met Your Mother, right? Willow from Buffy, yeah. and uh, the Bandcamp girl from American Pie. Yeah. Now, I, if I'm not mistaken, the British series was shot in England on some special yes. stage. But special then the, stage. 
So it was on showing some, a fucking studio. On some stage, whatever. It was, a, a, it was a not special. Stage, yeah. But then the American version is actually shot at the Penn & Teller Theater in, yeah. in Las Vegas. So uh-huh. that's probably why Jonathan Ross didn't want to commit to fucking... He did come out and do it the first time they moved out here, though. Did he? Yeah, he was oh, in the see, second season, yeah. Oh. I would imagine either... I, my guess is that it probably didn't bring in enough ratings and... Um, they needed some star power, and the CW, you know, they, they can't, they can't pull they that one, baby. <laughs> they can't pull as many strings as other shows, maybe. So they brought in Alison Hannigan, who, you know, I'm not opposed to it in general. It's all right, fine. She's not much of a host, and she's not even particularly a star. But if she's good at it, then why not? But she's, she's not. fucking not good at it. She's terrible. <laughs> she's appalling. She she's has fucking awful. Even with editing, like even though you can tell that they're editing her interaction with the magician down and they're trying to make it like kind of quippy and fast yeah you can tell that there are just awkward silences where she doesn't know what to say or doesn't know how to respond to them or they don't quite know how to respond to her and i think they're trying to give her whoever's producing that show is probably trying to make her into like a uh you know a lovable quirky type nope but it doesn't work because she she just seems she doesn't even know she doesn't what seem like, like she's ever spoken to. She doesn't even people. know what yeah. her like persona is. That's the thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because so sometimes she tries to be a little bit like sarcastic. Like, oh well, uh, yeah. Uh, she tries to I, do that. I just know that I wouldn't. I wouldn't take you on a dinner date if you were gonna vanish the salts. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, so yeah. It's like awful fucking... And granted, she probably doesn't write most of that. She's probably being fed those lines, you know. Oh, God, to think there's a writing staff on that show. There is. I almost guarantee you there is. For her, anyway. Of course there is. I didn't even think about that. They're providing her alts? Yeah, like little little quips and stuff like that. They probably have... If if it's anything like shows I've worked on, they probably have rehearsals. Oh, gross. Imagine, dude, imagine being there at the taping and watching Alison Hannigan try like six alts for every joke. <laughs> well, what's more likely, again, I don't know how that show works, but if it's anything like shows I've worked on, like I've worked on a similar show, like, a, yeah. you know, talent and judges. And what they do is they do the rehearsal with, so the person performs their whole act. And then they also, for camera blocking, they have four stand-in judges. So they have. Oh, that's funny. The judges don't have to show up till later. No, the judges don't show up until yeah. literally until the last minute sometimes. Well, so what they do fair, is, yeah. So what they do is for rehearsals, they have these four actors who are professionally like almost like body doubles for each of the judges, and they go in there and they don't just sit there to be in position. They actually respond to the act and they say stuff. You know, they've obviously got lines written or whatever, and they go, "Wow, blah blah blah." You know, like. Uh, are you Cupid? Because you've stolen all of our hearts tonight type thing. You know, <laughs> like these shitty fucking lines. Yeah. But then what happens is the footage of the rehearsals gets sent to the judges beforehand so they can prepare what to say. Yeah. So the judges are not seeing it for the first time. I, yeah. I might be breaking an NDA by saying any of this. I haven't named the show. Fuck it. So, um, I mean, I imagine that every show functions like yeah, that. Yeah, but it is particularly insidious when... Yeah, so, yeah, so the judges get they get to see the act but not only that they get to see these fake judges responding to them and then when it does go live and the actual judges are sitting there they steal some of the lines that the fake judges have come up with hell yeah they actually say exactly the same thing and it's fucking fascinating how how little effort they put into it <laughs> they can't even come up with they literally the, the 
these actors, presumably, you know, sort of central casting type yeah. actors uh, are actually writing a lot of the quote-unquote dialogue for these talent shows. Dude, I, I would imagine be... that's the same with Alison Hannigan. I bet she has a stand-in who deals with the magician when they're doing the technical rehearsals, yeah. I wonder how great uh, a fucking a job like being a stand-in would be. Like, you just get to show up, very. eat craft service all day, get fat as fuck to the point where you're not even allowed to be the stand-in anymore because you're a totally different size. Yeah. I mean, just stand there and get lit. Like, imagine how bored you are as you're just like... Because isn't what stand-ins for, aren't they, just for blocking and lighting? In movies, yeah. But oh. in... I think in these shows, it's also to get... It's for timing, too. So they right. need to... Like, the cameras need to know... In a live show, the cameras need to know where to where to cut and like how long they're going to speak if there's any reaction that they should be trying to get because you're, you're vision mixing it live this is all really boring technical stuff but it, there is a lot of artifice to these talent shows that's all I'm saying and mm-hmm. it's obvious to anyone but mm-hmm. that's a specific thing that I don't think that many people would know but I bet with Alison Hannigan they're doing the same thing they probably have a stand in or like a fake Alison Hannigan doing that and probably working out some of the things to say but for all I know this actor stand in might be really good at it and they might be really natural being like oh wow you know <laughs> Um, <laughs> but Allison really isn't. But she might be. She might have seen the taped rehearsals and then tries to copy some of the things that stand-in has said. But that sometimes, you know, so she tries to, like you say, she tries to do a few different things. Sometimes she tries to be awkward and sarcastic. Sometimes she tries to be flirty. Sometimes she yeah. tries to get like. I, I, just tries to attain like meme status so she's like wow i can't believe we're here to see all the magic you know like, <laughs> all the tricks <laughs> you know fucking yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah, you know it's crazy wow, she's the, sitting back the mystification yeah. is over nine thousand. <laughs> She's, she's dropping like oh. she's doing old <laughs> fucking old as shit memes. Hey, you know? is it Catterday in here? Because I can has magic. Join us after the break where we might see a goatsy. <laughs> doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's well, a real lemon party in here. <laughs> that would be a hell of a magic trick, by the way, though. Like a goatsy. Yeah, you know, instead All the cards of cards in there. Instead of revealing, you know, someone trying to because sometimes yeah. they try and like win Penn and Teller's favor by doing something a bit Penn and Tellerish, and Penn and right. Teller were for being a bit irreverent with their magic and like you know <laughs> so one of them might be like you know alright so I vanish a dove but that's not impressive Yeah, I will reveal the dove by performing a gutsy <laughs> dead dove falls out, <laughs> it falls out it's like half yeah. rotted it's been in there for three days right. <laughs> yeah man that, that, that's, oh, a, that's become a very poor quality show for, for many reasons uh, I, liked, I liked the first season but I were, still like it there were problems with the format from the start like the pro- the essential problem of the format is that Penn and Teller don't get to choose magicians. They don't get to choose winners based on who they like the most. Yeah, they only get to choose them based on whether they fool them, and quite often they fool them on a technicality. They only get one guess at how it's done. So if, as happened in the first season, someone does something deliberately to make it look like they've used one yeah. method when actually they used another method then they have to so like you've literally seen Penn and Teller begrudgingly give someone a win and that's a really bad idea for a talent show the problem with it now even more so is that they're basically just getting their friends on it it's like Matt King who already has a Vegas yeah, show Matt he King comes performed. on every season and tries to fool them and he's their, he's like one of their friends you know so they know presumably how his Terry tricks are done Terry can you <laughs> see how he did his puppets <laughs> right exactly you know like you they know, got I, Piff on again I saw a cute <laughs> youtube video recently of a of a some guy 
doing the uh, cups and like not the cups and balls, but the cup equivalent of a three card Monty trick with his little like six year old daughter, uh-huh. and he moves them around really slow. He's like, follow the dollar, right? And she like he moves around super slow, so she immediately picks the dollar, and he's like, "Oh, yep, you got it." And then he turns over one of the other cups, and that has like two hundred dollars under it, and that's basically what they're doing on Fool Us. Yeah, cute story or no? It really is. (laughs) That one sucked. That was a shit. That was a shiter. (laughs) Granted, I don't have that much else to you know. It's not like I'm. Yeah, what you got? I don't know. What do you bring to the table? The other day I was in um, Trader Joe's, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Did you find the shark? Uh, No. No. Forget it. Um, I was in Trader Joe's and they were playing that Elton John song. I think it was Elton John and then George Michael covered it. Uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Okay. You know that song? No. Oh, well. Sing it for me. Sing me a few bars. I'm not going to sing, but most people will know that song. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And then the whole car ride home, I was singing it to myself, but changing the lyrics to Don't Let Your Son Go Down On Me. It's pretty good. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. See, that's how I entertain myself, right? Because then I was thinking, like, I imagined like, a whole musical number with these characters. Imagine like an old fella, you know, like, like a 50-year-old man and his mate. And his mate's got this son. And his old mate's just like, oh, your son keeps hitting on me, but you got to tell him, don't go down on me, you know? Yeah, I got fucking emotional difficulties. Mm-hmm. I don't. I not don't good connect. No. Yeah, I used to have a podcast called Popcorn Buddies. Cool. So <laughs> that shit ruled. Yeah. No, we need to talk about that. Got less listeners than this, if you can believe it. If you can believe it, it's not even possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe it or not. I, mean, I hear way fair, more. This is my most <laughs> successful podcast, and I've had this is my fourth. <laughs> this is my fourth. <laughs> well, we haven't even we haven't even promoted this anywhere outside of like our immediate acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day it will happen, and people will look back at the archives. You know what? I've been getting well into what aliens. Oh, fuck me, really? Yeah, I've become one of those. Are you I, so? Can you explain to me what's been going on with this Area Fifty One shit? People keep talking about. I can explain a little bit. I think is that what you've been getting into? No, uh, oh, okay. actually, completely unrelated. Oh well, then just tell me what you've been getting into. Well, no, I mean, the, well, the Area Fifty One thing is some guy apparently started a kind of meme Facebook page uh, suggesting that we. Uh, sorry, the dog is licking Max's hand, so we're distracted now. I'm not distracted. You get distracted very easily. Well, no, because he's licking your hand, and you're going. Oh. Oh, like that. It's like, yeah, it's pretty hard. Confused why he's doing it. Obviously, he's tasting whatever food you ate. Look at him, dude. Yeah, you probably. I would imagine you still have food on your hands from whatever you ate earlier. That's probably true, actually. Yeah, I ate a burrito, so you do hold it. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's cute. Okay, I'm afraid he's gonna bite. Yeah, please don't Uh, touch anything else. Well, I pet him too. Don't. Okay, I don't know what to do then. Wipe it on your jeans and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. (sighs) So, yeah, apparently it was some guy created a kind of meme page about storming Area 51 and uh, it took off beyond his wildest dreams. And uh, now people are apparently considering doing it seriously. And I've been like, you know, 
That's all it is. It's just a meme. It's just a joke gone wrong. Eh, it started that way, but apparently people are taking it kind of seriously now to the point where no one's gonna whatever agency is involved says, yeah, please don't. We do military training there, and we it's will a fucking very, murk you. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a very like it's not because there are aliens here. Yeah, it would be the same if you tried to storm any military base. Yeah, like you're gonna get hurt. Just don't do it. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know when it's supposed to happen, but I'd be curious to look at it. Yeah, but what has, won't happen. What I has, mean, those people can't even get out of bed because they got anxiety. I'm going to make a fucking bold proclamation. And I hope this doesn't end up like my Avengers Family Guy fucking proclamations, but that's not going to fucking happen. Nah, nothing ever <laughs> happens. That, that's the that's thing a that, great motto. Uh, nothing ever happens. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what I've learned over, especially the past decade or so. Yeah. So, you know, whenever, oh my God, like shocking revelations about Donald Trump or shocking revelations about this guy or that guy. It's like, yeah, and then what? Nothing ever happens. I mean, Donald Trump getting elected to begin with is kind of something happening, but like. No, but then everyone's saying, ah, oh, but we found out he did this, so he's going to get impeached. No, oh, no, no he won't. No, Nothing not. will happen. Oh, well, well, did you know that he did collude with Russia? Look at this evidence. No, nah, nothing. Mueller report. Look at that. Nothing will happen. Yeah, that's kind of what I've learned to expect is that nothing really will happen. We do. Just today, I think um, Boris Johnson got elected prime minister of England, UK. Yeah, you don't know who Boris Johnson is? No. What's he represent? What do you mean? What does he represent? Is he UKIP? Is he Labour? No, he's the Tory party. I mean, okay, the, so he's the Conservatives. Party, yeah, the Conservatives yeah. are still in power, but Theresa May resigned because she fucked up so bad on Brexit. I thought Theresa May was a Labour person. No, she was the Conservative MP who took over from David Cameron because he resigned when, Bre- when Brexit. David Cameron was anti-Brexit ostensibly, and when it passed, it was it's kind of considered good form in the UK to resign if you're the prime minister and the country votes against you on something. I see something major, then you resign. So he resigned, and Theresa May took over, and she fucked it all up. So now she resigned, and Boris Johnson will now be the prime minister of England, and also and conservative, also all the same party, all all Tory, all the same party. But Boris Johnson, if you don't know him, is. Pretty similar to Donald Trump in many ways. Like, looks similar. Yeah. He's more of a politician. Like, he's been he was the mayor of London for a long while, and he's been a politician for God knows how many years. But he's always been like he, he kind of tried to market himself as a lovable buffoon, you know, like a kind of lad. Yeah, he turned up on panel shows and shit, you know, like Jesus. He's that kind of so very similar to Donald Trump, and he's an absolute moron, like unequivocal. And no one voted for him. That's the other thing. Like, no one actually voted for him. But that's How what did I'm he saying. Get into power uh, because I guess the way the system works in the UK is if the party is in power, it doesn't matter if someone resigns; the party is still in power unless there's a general election. So they will appoint someone else. Oh my god, that's a what? It's similar. So in America. essentially, if so Trump, essentially if, the party only changes during elections. But yeah, if if general you're, elections, if yeah. you're if you're if like Trump decided to step down tomorrow, Vice Pence, uh, and then Pence, Pence and then the it's Vice Pence. Pence, yeah. But Vice instead Pence of it become. being someone that we know who it's going to be, like Boris Johnson wasn't Vice MP. No, but I mean, Theresa May was just like, like, how about this one? But it's, no, it's kind of like everyone knows who's next up. 
even if they're not appointed as such, you kind of know who's next up. So when right. Theresa May talked about resigning, everyone was like, okay, it'll be Boris Johnson next. Up. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how. I haven't lived there for a while, and I don't. I haven't. I wasn't an adult there for that long, so I don't remember exactly how that whole system works. It's confusing in the UK. If you think America's confusing with the Electoral College and yeah. stuff, the UK is way more confusing. Yeah. And you don't know when an election's going to happen. <laughs> it will just sort of happen. Yeah. The last one was in 2010, I think, last general election. Yeah. So we've. Um, you know, I've had this for a while. Anyway. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, So everyone's obviously got their claws out trying to find every racist thing he's said or every cancelable offense or every reason why he shouldn't be prime minister. And it's like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, get your petitions up. Nothing will ever happen. Nothing will happen. That's All, all of that stuff's going to happen regardless. So you said you're getting into aliens. Yeah. That's the other thing. With aliens, though, it's like no matter how I've been watching, you know, documentaries and movies and so about you know people who believe in ufos and believe in ancient aliens you know aliens who visited uh, the planet millennia ago and imparted their wisdom or maybe that's why human you know all that joe rogan shit why are humans so evolved it's because we're actually the off species of alien blah 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 oh that's true yeah and again you say yeah nothing will ever happen new evidence ufo spotted over fucking you know chihuahua mexico ah all right it will turn out to be nothing. Nothing will ever happen. Quick digression. One of the worst of those Joe Rogan theories. Digression I've ever heard. from something we just started. All right. The one of the worst of those Joe Rogan theories I've ever heard is that the reason the cranial capacity of the Homo sapien like rose so quickly. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the Homo sapien, but the reason the early hominids their cranial capacity like doubled so fast is because they were taking magic mushrooms. In the yeah, wild. I mean, there's that theory too. It literally didn't just there expand their consciousness. It physically expanded their cranial capacity in an evolutionary sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are theories, for, there are theories for everything. I find the, the extraterrestrial stuff pretty interesting purely because it's far, far easier to give some credence to rather than ghosts or God or spirits or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's most likely that there is some kind of other life outside, you know, most likely. I think almost every scientist agrees that the likelihood is pretty high. But Of ghosts and God? No. Oh, why, of what I just said. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. misunderstood. I misunderstood. Yeah, of extraterrestrial life oh, forms. Okay. You know, I'm sure, it's, I'm sure they're out there. Right. They're probably not what we expect. It's probably not like, you know, the little, the little fellas. The greys. Yeah, low grays. I mean, there was this, there was one documentary. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: things. like documentaries are insane. Because even though I'm interested in all that, and I am predisposed to believe that they do exist, uh, any documentary I see, I'm like, this is bollocks. Like, <laughs> there was this one <laughs> with this guy who I looked up, uh, Stanley, someone. Um, I forget his name, but I looked him up, and he turned out now he's like in jail for child porn. Um, who was claiming that he had a bunch of footage of aliens visiting him. And and literally, it's this very serious documentary which compiles this footage and analyzes, you know, other people's opinions and stuff like that. And it's all very much like, yes, he actually has footage of aliens. And the footage is literally like some little, probably one of his kids in a little alien suit standing outside his window. Like the most stereotypical alien that you can think of. (laughs) You know, big black eyes and a gray mask. It looks like signs. Even worse. Like, <laughs> at least the ones in signs were kind of like told they didn't look entirely yeah. humanid. Yeah. This looked like someone wearing a little alien suit and it's shot on like a shitty camcorder and he's yeah. like looking out his window for no reason. 
He's just going like, oh, someone's out there. What? What? Yeah. What? And then a little alien fellow walks past and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> That's his reaction? Yeah, he's, he's, he's not even reacting in terror. And he, this yeah. is a guy who claims he's been abducted multiple times. Oh, okay. Now, I would imagine yeah. that if you genuinely were abducted by aliens, there'd be something severely wrong with you. Um, not to the point where you'd be happy to see one wandering around in your garden. This girl I used to be close with, uh, aliens were 100% her biggest fear. Like, <laughs> even even just like, I don't even think it was the possibility of being inducted by them, although I'm sure that played into it, mm. but even just depictions of aliens, like the most rudimentary, shitty cartoon aliens, she had a horrible right. phobia of them. And honestly, as much as I make fun of her, I'll bet if I saw an alien, I would be put in the fucking hospital. Like, my yeah. brain would be so fucking broken with terror because they are a scary thing well the most popular scientific theory at the moment isn't the because it can either be most people say either they came here before or they are coming now constantly and they're looking at us and they're abducting us and experimenting uh most scientists tend to believe that if there is a high enough intelligence that it could get to earth like it could travel to earth and feasibly do all of that though they probably wouldn't be particularly interested in us because we're significantly lower life forms than they would be. So it would be the same as like us being super interested about like an ant or you know, a beetle. But we would be super interested if we went to Mars and there were a bunch of fucking beetles and ants. No, what they're saying is that we're not... Evol- cause, okay, so if, if you believe in alien invasions or you believe in aliens visiting Earth frequently... It's either that they're trying to invade, like they're hostile and they're trying to invade or use our resources or something like that. But science, at least sensible scientists, seem to think if they had the capacity to do that, they probably won't need our resources. And they probably aren't particularly interested in us because we're not particularly evolved. Uh, That feels like a fucking weird, like... Well, it's either that or they're here all the time. I mean, I, well, no, but I mean, like, I that feels like a weird, like, fucking, I don't know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, fucking pick up a cup of water in the ocean and that's how much life we represent or whatever type of thing where it's like. Also true. But it's like, <laughs> I, there's no denying that we are by far the most, if not the most populous species, we're not the most populous species, but we're definitely the most influential on the planet. If someone came here looking to study this planet and they yeah, saw, shows, oh yeah, these people um, build giant structures but all over sh- the place. But it shows a lack of imagination, I think, to think that something that is capable of transport, not not even transporting themselves between solar systems, but like, you know, galaxies and fucking dimensions. yeah. yeah. Would be particularly interested in what we're up to. I don't think well, they necessarily would. I, of course they would. They came here to study How can the you planet. You say they would. They've came here to. You're saying as if it's real. I'm saying if, if they came here to study the planet. What I'm saying is that if they're well, what scientists seem to be saying, and okay. I think it's a logical point. I don't think it's getting through to you. Is that if there were a species so highly evolved that they were able to do that, we wouldn't be that interesting to them because well, maybe we would us- just be another life form on a planet. And they probably found countless other life forms. Oh, you mean countless Earth other in general wouldn't be that interesting? Yeah, but also humans. Oh, yeah. oh, that's fine. I thought you were saying no, they come hu- to Earth specifically and they're more interested in fish. Well, people... Okay, first yeah. of all, people who talk about alien visitations and stuff, they seem to think that it's all about humans, that they're trying to study us and they're trying to figure out what makes us work or trying to communicate with us. Because that's what humans do. We're very human-centric. We think that we're the most important 
life form on the planet and that we're that the universe not even just the planet we're the universe kind of revolves around us a little bit as well we don't have that much humility whereas i would imagine a species or you know any kind of life form that is highly advanced enough to travel to us is significantly uh, i mean significantly more impressive than we are at least in yeah a, but intellectually well not intellectually you know what i mean I know, like, I know what higher you mean. i do what you mean i do know so, what you mean it just doesn't seem likely that they would want to spend so much time dealing with a planet like ours. Okay, I'm going. Yeah, no, let's go. All right, well, we, we, I, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I mean, should we acknowledge full, that we took a break? Full I don't disclosure, think we can get away with not. Full disclosure, we had to take a break yeah. to, uh, to take care of some business, as I like to say. But I know what we were uh, talking yeah. about. What were we talking about? Motherfucking aliens and how you've been getting into them. That's right, They've yeah. They've been fucking... Been proper into aliens recently, yeah. man. I mean, because like, with one of my shows, I want uh, initially my idea for it was supposed to be Alien, but um, I didn't really play into that or lean into that because Alien is also a really, really hacky premise in horror. I haven't seen Aliens done very well in horror for a long time. What's the best depiction of Aliens in horror? Depiction of Aliens or films surrounding Aliens? Either. We're talking about films again, by the way. Just so You're you know. right. You know what? Let's fucking get off of that. I will say I saw Fire in the Sky for the first time recently, and I thought Ooh. that was a decent alien movie because it doesn't Ooh. actually feature that much. It's mostly about like the aftermath of an abduction, uh, which I thought was quite good. And then you do see flashbacks to the abduction, which is really well done. Amazingly, like you yeah. wouldn't expect it from like a kind of goofy '90s movie, but that's probably the best abduction scene that I've seen. Let's let, yeah, but you're right though. Let's not talk about movies too much. Let's talk about fucking real aliens. The real fucking deal. Well, I really like... I've probably talked about this a little bit before, but I really like kind of urban legend type stuff or actual ghost anecdote. Even though I don't believe in ghosts or alien abductions or anything like that, I kind of like hearing about them. I like the mythology of it. I like the folklore of it and stuff. So that's why I I really liked um, uh, Mothman Prophecies. You remember that? It's not really an alien movie, but it feels a little similar. Um, it scared me. I remember that. It's pretty frightening. Yeah, mm. I like the all phone that call with the weird voice and everything. Yeah, you know, I like all of that kind of unknown stuff and that weird, um, yeah, that like slight surreality. I, I like it when things aren't completely bombastically crazy. Yeah, you know, so stories like War of the Worlds or whatever don't particularly scare me because it's so out there that you can't even really relate to it. But I like being able to relate to. For instance, that that same fear that some people, or I would imagine most people have gotten waking up in the middle of the night and having to go out in an unfamiliar house in the dark and you kind of get a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of fear. Or maybe you see something in your room, it turns out just to be a dressing gown hanging up or whatever, but for a split second you think, oh fuck, there's a thing standing there or whatever. I like movies or stories that capture that kind of feeling or at least make that into something that is actually genuinely supernatural rather than something where I, so, oh yeah I've never really seen uh, an entire alien like xenomorph chasing me around a fucking spaceship my stepbrother tells me a story about how when he was a kid him and his sister my stepsister they uh they would go to their like uncle or whatever relative's house out in sort of rural Minnesota and they would sleep in the uh, truck bed Kind of like a camping type thing. Yeah. But he said he fucking hated it. And all, and it's because he saw fire in the sky when he was a kid. Mm. And he said he would just sit in the fucking truck bed staring up at the sky 
in this rural area and just be like, you said he was just waiting for the aliens to come take him. Like that's how scared right. he was. He was so he was one hundred percent sure they were gonna get him. Like just these <laughs> fucking aliens. He's just like, yeah, I'm just waiting. Like I I'm know it's pa- gonna happen. I'm not and particularly. I'm uh, I mean, first of all, I don't believe I haven't seen a convincing case for alien abduction. I've looked for them too. Like I haven't seen anything particularly convincing. It usually does seem to be hoaxes or fraudsters or people who saw something that they didn't quite understand or whatever. But um, my wife's really into aliens too. Like she loves them. What, I think she is. Like, what about them? Uh, she I, she wants to be taken by them. Hmm. Like she actively <laughs> she actively is like if there are aliens I hope they take me like I want I want to go away she's gonna teach him business I think she's waiting to be taken home personally I think she's, <laughs> she doesn't think she's weird but like she's very strange and I'm just, yeah. so often I'm like are you sure you're not like the reason you don't like aliens is because well, yeah. no, the reason you like aliens is because you you, you're kind of waiting to go yeah. back yeah I mean. And I'm kind of similar too. It's like if I did see aliens, like like some kind of crap. I mean, the the abduction story is always the same, right? It's like you see a bunch of lights, and then you see a craft, and then a beam of light comes and beams you up or whatever, and then they do experiments on you, and then they, you know, you have a beard five days later. I wonder what the I wonder what the idea is on that anyway. Like, where did that come from, and why is it so pervasive? From what I understand, I mean, there are a few lots of people you know, go way back to like ancient times and looking for stuff in iconography and hieroglyphics and stuff and saying, Oh, that looks a bit like a, like a spaceship or whatever. So you can go that you can go back that far, but really the UFO abduction craze only started when it started becoming popular in fiction in science fiction. Right. So really it only, it, it doesn't seem to go back that much further than about a hundred years. Right. But, and mostly in America too. But what I mean more like very specifically is like, the idea of abduction happening via a light beam and you being lifted oh. off your feet. Because here's a take for an alien movie, and I guess this isn't enough to necessitate an entire premise for a film or a story. But what if these aliens... I mean, like, look, when we go experiment on things, we actually have to capture them. Yeah. What if these fucking aliens are, like, doing home invasion? And they just... To put something over your mouth and they drag you out of your fucking house just like anything else, but they're scary looking because they're aliens. Yeah. Instead of picking you up with a fucking light beam, like what if they have to do everything very tactile way and they're kind of rudimentary happens. and they jam things up your ass kind of like uh, slipshod? Like, yeah, no, there are the fourth kind, which is a terrible alien movie. Uh huh. Really, really bad and not worth watching. That deals oh, with them actually getting into your that bedroom. That deals more with them either possessing you or coming into your home in some way. Yeah. That's, that's very scary. Aliens invading your home is very scary to well, me. Well, you know what I think, actually, even though it's not ostensibly about aliens and doesn't... I, I, they might mention aliens, but I don't think it really deals with aliens, is that documentary, uh, The Nightmare, about sleep paralysis. Mm. That has, I think, one of the... If you don't know that documentary, it's a documentary about people who suffer from sleep paralysis, which is that... It's not even a disorder. It's like a phenomenon where your brain... I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like your brain... You wake up, but your brain hasn't quite woken up from the sleep state, so you're you're sort of locked there, and you can't move, and you're still... You're sort of hallucinating. So, apparently... And generally, it's pretty scary, and you have pretty scary visions, usually of shadowy figures in your room sitting on your chest and stuff like that and i think one person in the documentary uh suggested that you know perhaps it's aliens perhaps that's how they get to you 
Oh yeah. You know, like kind of in your weird sleep weight state or they paralyze you and then they do something to you and then you wake up. That is just as reasonable an explanation as the other shit that the fucking I documentary mean, constantly of, purports. All yeah. kinds of stuff about Dean. I thought that documentary was fair. I think it it, prevent, it didn't present anything as being more true than the other. I think no. it was a bunch of people with their own interpretations of what happens to them and stuff. And if I recall, I think the documentary's it, official stance is, is a weird sleep phenomenon. Well, I don't recall the documentary. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, the okay. alien. We're really, I don't know, we are like compelled to talk about movies, but... No, I mean, yeah. well, the thing is, aliens, and we really don't have any of evidence yeah. other than... Well, I mean, movies aren't evidence, but we don't. it doesn't really get talked about. I mean, there are books, I guess, and then yeah. TV shows and movies and stuff, but it doesn't, it's not something that we both have experience with outside of fiction, really. Right. Well, what so, are like, I mean... I don't know. What are you, were you scared of him as a kid? Were you into him as a kid? I've always had like an on-off interest in them. I remember I saw some diorama at a museum. Now I think it was really shitty, but I thought it was cool at the time. It was like some little diorama of a city, uh, and you pressed a button and like an alien invasion would happen. Like these little UFOs would drop down over the city at night, and there's a bunch of noises going like. Yeah, I don't even remember what fucking museum that was and why they would have that there. But yeah, I remember being kind of interested in it after that because I again I like I like the horror of it. I'm not particularly interested in anything else about it. Honestly, I'm yeah. not really interested in maybe they have wisdom to impart or maybe they'll you know solve our environmental crises. Oh yeah, or the whatever. benevolent alien uh, narrative. Yeah, That's pretty or lame. even just learning anything. I'm not really interested in all of that. I, I like them as horror creations. You yeah, know, they're monsters. Yeah, but then again, I don't really like, um, you know, even like the Xenomorph from Alien. I like Alien, but I, I don't particularly like that as a... Well, yeah, that's just like a bug. That's like, it's a, more that's like, like a, an actual it's a monster. monster. More than a more than an yeah. alien. Yeah, I think what I like about Aliens is the total weirdness of it. Like, the, yeah. the, I mean, essentially, it's a bit like Ghost. It opens up the possibility of almost anything happening for potentially sinister reasons. I kind of like that. I like the mystique of it. But I don't like, I mean, the general depiction of like flying saucers and stuff like that, I don't find very interesting. That's kind of why I liked um, that movie Fire in the Skies, because it, it did have a flying saucer in it, granted. But the actual sequence where he's remembering what it was like on board is really weird. It's like, it is closer to what I would expect being in a genuinely alien environment would be like than. Generally, you know, it would be like a lot of machines and stuff like that yeah. and a lot of... But in fact, what it looks more like is kind of um, almost uh, like Sumerian, you know, like mm. old, ancient, you know. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, that everything looks kind of ancient and nothing's too, like, techie. It's all kind of rudimentary, but it's existing in another realm. So, you know, the laws of gravity don't quite work the same and... Yeah, that's what I really appreciated about that depiction of it was that was closer to what I would like aliens to be like. Not in real life, obviously, but I mean in yeah. stories, yeah. We're, I kinda like Clo Cloverfield for the same reason. I thought it had a cool mythos. I thought the movie was absolute shite, but I like the mythos behind it. Was the monster an alien? Mm-hmm. Cause he like drops into that's the That's the official right? theory, is that Well, I think there were two things. I think either it's like a Lovecraftian type um cryptozoology type thing well a cryptid yeah would be like a sort of a, but lovecraft didn't really deal with cryptids he dealt with like uh, elder gods yeah elder gods and stuff but you know what i mean like essentially yeah. a sea monster right yeah, yeah yeah um 
Yeah, so there's either a theory that it was the sea monster that was deep under the sea that got woken up by a falling satellite, mm-hmm. or it was something that dropped in. Yeah. Either way, I like all that shit. Like, I, I think the mythology behind that is really cool and quite creepy. Because I, I mean, think Lovecraft, you know, could very easily fall into the territory of just being boring monster shit. Because it really is quite often, yeah. But if you've ever read Call of uh, Cthulhu, like that's a creepy book. <laughs> it's really yeah. creepy, even though it does deal essentially with a big, you know, tentacle monster. I mean, the the idea of it being either a, a something that drops into the ocean and hatches or being like a satellite wakes it up, one would hope that it would be the second one because the first one is almost exactly the plot of Godzilla. Yeah. No, uh, and I think... Only it, it, with an atomic bomb uh, instead of a flying uh, falling satellite. Yeah, no, but I think that is the theory behind it. And I think the theory was also... Or one of the filmmakers... I don't think they really knew what they were doing, especially not with the sequels. Um, I think uh, they they said that it was supposed to, rather than just needlessly attacking a sea like Godzilla might, um, it was acting as if it was acting, it was apparently like a baby and it's at, or like a, a caged or a scared animal, right? Acting, like just lashing out, not yeah. trying to hurt people, which I thought was fair enough until you remember that they really ruined that movie. That could have been such a cool movie. And they really ruined it by, first of all, having this stupid romance subplot that's permeating the entire thing. Well, but also at the end, you get a good long I look remember that. at the monster, and it looks tiny compared to what you've seen. Because everything before, you see like very small glimpses of it, something so big between buildings that you can, and that's so effective, and, and it's scary. way more effective. And then you more and more you start seeing more of it, and it's each time diminishing returns. Yeah, and then at the end, they decide that they've got the guy with the camera who gets knocked on his ass, and then this monster who's been terrorizing the entire city somehow sneaks up on him yeah and he like turns over and it's just right there in his face and yeah, it, it looks... has an interest in him specifically which is also dumb like yeah this thing is and even... it decides to eat him yeah and that completely ruins this idea of it being a big thing that's lashing out right and it, and completely... it also and it just looks stupid more importantly that's exactly what it, it looks really it looks dumb garbage it looks yeah. like absolute shit and it also looks way smaller than you would expect it to be yeah and then that led some people to think, oh, well, maybe that was one of its children or one of its, like, mm. you know, lesser things. Oh, and those sh- things were scary, too. Um, the little spiders yeah, that fell off no, of it. All of that I didn't like about it. I think if they had kept it simple and I think if they'd kept it literally to kind of what it was, like a natural disaster movie. Because yeah. I thought I, I kind of like those, too. I even have a soft spot for shitty, absolutely shitty movies like The Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. I think they're terrible, but I kind of like them. Like, I mean, that literally, <laughs> the day after tomorrow, it's appalling. Have you seen it? I saw it in theaters. I don't remember it. That literally has a scene where, well, it's like a monster movie. It's pretty similar to like Godzilla or whatever, but uh, the monster is global warming. Yeah. And it literally has a scene where Dennis Quaid is being chased down a corridor by global warming. Yeah. Like, he's literally being chased down a corridor in a library uh, and it, like, it's freezing as he's running. It's like a yeah. slasher movie, you know? <laughs> and it's fucking ridiculous. And the idea that global warming would happen overnight, you know? <laughs> oh, everything will change. The Ice Age will come in like 24 hours. But it's still kind of fun. Uh and then there are other movies. I mean, The Host is fun, if you ever saw that, the Korean movie. I love The Host. That's pretty fun. That's I a pretty good love one. The Host. Okay, well, there you go. I think that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's that. You heard um, me. 
I really like this is kind of we, we are talking about movies fuck it uh, this, this is kind of a spoiler so I don't, I don't know you probably haven't seen this movie what uh, in the UK it's a British movie it's called The Borderlands mm-hmm. in the UK in America it's called Final Prayer Mm-mm. presumably because Borderlands is a video game and they don't want to confuse yeah them. I don't know it that is uh, well I won't tell you how it connects but there's it, that's a very very effective horror movie it's found footage, but and found footage is hit and miss. You know, I, I don't actually hate found footage. Some people, it's become very popular to kind of hate that in the same way that people hate jump scares and CGI or anything else. I, yeah, but, and I like jump scares and CGI more. I like jump scares more than I like I'm, CGI. But I'm more, I, I'm, I'm pretty averse to jump scares in movies because I think they just get overused very quickly, and then you don't. That you don't have time to build up much tension when you're constantly jumping at people. But to me, I think they can be used well, but yeah, often to me not. they kind of work. Like when done well, they work. And I feel the same way about found footage, which is like I think found footage is like a very yeah, it's whatever. It's quote unquote cheap in the sense that I guess you should be doing something more original or difficult. But it's like it is such a quick way to put you in the movie to give yeah. you the, to show the intentions and to have a reason for people to just well, talk to the camera no. and say their okay. intentions. Okay, but like so here's yeah. the problem with that. And this goes outside of horror too. This goes into mockumentary yeah. comedy as well, especially. Yeah. Uh, first of all, quite often like the the originators of fan footage and mockumentary were both very very careful to justify why it was Mm-hmm. presented the way it was and for that to be part of it now it just seems like something you do so you can excuse your film looking cheap and shitty yeah. and uh, you know plot holes galore and stuff like that but also the thing that annoys me about f- the way found footage went was the essentially they've taken bland horror movie scripts and just added a found footage element to them the found footage doesn't really add to it except sometimes for a, it does i mean uh, even no. just a simple so shot. let me so let me keep going because the other problem with it is that you say it puts you in the movie, but quite often the way it's gone, it will take you out of the movie because it's so unrealistic to anyone who knows anything about filming anything. For instance, um, there's that movie As Above, So Below. Garbage. Terrible movie. And that's a found footage movie, and it starts with them doing a documentary, so it's presented almost documentary like. Uh, and it's got them in a nightclub trying to find someone and talk to him. A noisy nightclub, and everyone is mic'd from a distance. <laughs> la- like, you can hear everyone perfectly. Or there are scenes where, you know, th- th- whatever camera it is must have the best possible low-light capabilities, m- more than any professional camera would. Oh, sure, yeah. But what it actually is is that the scenes are lit. Or, you know, the, the, the person in question for most found footage horror movies is like, why are you still holding the camera? Why? Why are you still? If you're yeah. in mortal danger, why are you still filming and why are you still pointing? And as above, so below. There is one of the accidentally funniest horror movie scenes. I've oh, ever you mean seen. the bit where she's running and just punching all the demons? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That movie, look, As Above, So Below had a decent enough setting and a decent enough premise. Yeah, it's the set, catacombs. What's set in the Paris catacombs, you know, you could do something good in there. And if you were really smart, you could do a found footage movie yeah. that made sense in there. What it actually, you can tell that they came up with the premise and had no follow through. Yeah. So they probably started filming it before they'd even thought about what they were going to do towards the end. So really, they, there's a scene where, I, th- I can't remember exactly, but she has to get from A to B. She basically has to get from where she's ended up in these long, you know, cavernous, complicated, maze-like, labyrinthine catacombs back to where she started. And she yeah. has to do that really quickly. And so instead of building that into a well-paced story, 
They just have a, a literally a, a, about a twenty second scene where she's just running through the catacombs, Break and there are all these yeah. demons now, just on yeah. either side, and she's just running through, and it's point of view, yeah. holding the camera, and you can just see her punching demons in the face, it, like like a video game, <laughs> like a, literally like a shitty video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so it's fu- hilarious. I, I, I like am not the guy who laughs out loud at bad movies in the theater, but I. I burst out I laughing when she, i just rolled my eyes when like, she pun- when yeah. she throws a punch and like it's like a shit it looks like the mummies on the mummy ride at universal studios yeah, like they're wearing, like, like really shit. Pun- it yeah. looks like doom it looks like the original yeah. doom oh my like, her god running dude. through the, these corridors just punching demons as they which also takes away any sense of danger that you might you know the thing that i really like about fan footage when it works like when i when i do like a fan footage movie is that it really does feel like oh fuck this could be happening to me right now blair witch projects is great i love the blair witch projects i'm a really staunch defender of it it's a great movie i think that's about as good as fan footage horror ever got really unless you want to include things like ghost i mean you have different things like ghost watch which is not quite the same as found footage, but it is presented as being real. It's presented as being ghost a live, a live uh, special about ghosts, which turns out to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I really liked, um, I mean, some of them now, like uh, there's that one, the last exorcism. I don't I know if you saw that, that got, I mean, that has again, a pretty decent premise. It doesn't quite explain why it's being filmed, but it has a decent premise of uh, you know a priest who basically is cons- is admitting that he's a fraud doing exorcisms and he's just going to do one more and show everyone how it's a fraud yeah right and then it turns out not oh this one's actually real uh but the thing is they they actually <laughs> went so far as even as to use uh to m- musical stings like a score they had a score on it. In the found footage movie? Yeah, in a found That's footage funny. movie. Which they've done a few times. Like, the Blair Witch Project did it quite cleverly by using, like, twig snapping to make you jump. You know, because that's usually what a score does. Yeah. So found footage movies shouldn't be very good at making you jump because they don't have the score to help. If you watch any horror movie, generally the score is telling you when to when to wait for a jump. And then when the jump happens, you'll hear a big musical sting. Found footage has a problem with that. This movie, The Last Exorcism, didn't even... They were just like, oh, fuck it, no, just put a score in. It's not yeah. scary otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Or I, they'll do it with just some like random loud noise, usually in found footage. They just go... <laughs> I, I like... Uh, I don't think I really liked any of the other ones, but I liked the vampire segment of VHS. That fucking found footage um, anthology movie. I actually did. Watched, you see that v- one? I watched VHS two the other day because there's a bit with aliens. In it. There is a bit with aliens, and, and they shit. look garbage. Yeah, it's, oh, it's trash aliens. Because I looked up online, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Like, I've seen a bunch of alien movies, but I haven't seen one that's really scared me. Like, let me mm-hmm. look and find. Yeah. And that was the one that kept getting recommended, and I was like, okay. I mentioned my. I friend- saw VHS one a long time ago and didn't like it much, but I mentioned my friend who's like phobic of aliens. And how she would like even like alien like little cartoon aliens on the back of fucking CD covers she'd get scared by. Right. She, I was like, oh dude, you should watch this segment in VHS too. You're gonna shit yourself. And she was. Why did you lie to her? Because she's even afraid someone, of she's afraid of a drawing on the back of a CD of an alien. Yeah, but and even, even she I, I came think, back. I think a drawing on a CD is scarier than that. Fucking even thing. she came back and she yeah. was like, that was weak ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> That was garbage alien content. But you know what it did yeah. inspire me to do? I mean, like, 
I know I sound like I just got all the time in the world. If I can get a little bit into Aliens and then watch almost every Alien movie I can within the <laughs> the days yeah. following. Well, let's let's really talk about Aliens for a second, though, because I mean, <laughs> we haven't talked about or them just enough. or just any cryptids There's in general. There's nothing to say about Aliens. You're, like you talking about, you like them as like a horror device and stuff. But I, I do, yeah. I like them more as uh, I like reading the accounts of people who claim that they're real. Well, no, like. Here's the thing. I don't like much of that shit because a lot of those people are either fraudsters or deranged, right? Or but they're or they're spreading the or they're just doing their part to contribute to urban legends, which yeah. I think is an admirable cause. Sure, I think it's yeah. an honor. It's a time honored tradition to lie. A lot of the stories yeah. are just very unimaginative. It's the same with ghosts. It's like you yeah. always hear the same yeah, fucking ghost yeah. story over and over again. But but I love. I used to love that shit. Bigfoots and aliens and and yeah, and but Chupacabra I used to be really obsessed with. See, I like that kind of stuff a little bit, but I, I also like. I like his my favorite horror conceit, which isn't really. You don't see it that much, but um, I like uh, the idea that cryptid type things or oh, yeah. anything that might resemble an alien or some kind of giant monster. Uh, is a primordial deity. Now, that's oh, very love. That's basically entirely Lovecraftian, right? Right. Uh, Lovecraft kind of really, really got into that. But then, if you look back, uh, ancient Egypt and stuff like that, they have a lot of theories about those kind of things. Yeah, things living under the earth and uh, things living in the sky that are essentially, you know, older than time itself type thing. I like that. Yeah. You don't see that much with. You don't see that much in horror anymore. Because everything now is just like, oh, right, some woman in the fucking 1920s died and now she's haunting you. It's like, who cares about some fucking woman? Some, some, fucking, some, some fucking hole. Some 20s broad. Yeah, some, some fucking broad. Some, 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 I say lose the hole in horror. That's yeah, lose the hole in horror. No, to be honest, like, go, go, I'm sick of. We've done them too far, altogether too much. How often do you even see male ghosts anymore it's not very common it's always a scary old scary. woman isn't it yeah they're less I, I get it like aesthetically a male ghost is less scary they're always gonna look kind of stupid dude i understand that but when it's done right you know the idea that something's older than time itself that that's something that gets to me a little bit well let me let me talk about this though i'm really giving away everything that i do in my own work really. <laughs> I'm like, by the way this is what it might be something that's older than time anyway well, there's a new movie coming out. Not oh, sorry. A, not, One more thing. Go ahead. I, I do like the... Going back to my own work, though, I do like the idea that something older than time itself is having to adapt to the way that the world is now. <laughs> yeah. That is a very funny thing to me. So, yeah. so I like both horror and comedy. So if I'm doing something by myself, or creating my own things or whatever, it's kind of a combination of the innate horror I feel with something being primordial and being older and wiser than we all are, but sort of trying to fit in. Yeah. You know, like trying to. So if they're trying to scare us, they have to try and scare us in modern ways. Mm-hmm. You know, but really they're just like for fuck's sake. We've. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I fucking haunted Edgar Allan Poe. They're I, still uh, old fogies. I, at their I whispered heart, yeah. in the ear of Marquis de Sade when he was yeah. writing in the Bastille, and I, I, you know, I watched over Nero's shoulder as Rome burned and stuff, and now I'm basically having to like make scary videos. Yeah. Or or yeah, trying to capitalize on media that. I'm they're sure. even so out of touch that they're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is still popular, right? Like, yeah, we can yeah, still a little convince people with this medium in particular. A primordial fucking pagan or Sumerian deity going like, uh, I've just about picked up how to use a hashtag in a scary <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny as fuck. That is you funny know. as fuck. Anyway, go ahead. 
Uh, what I was going to say is, um, I actually don't remember, but, uh, one of the scariest cryptid depictions I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and this will tie in cryptids and found footage, Josie terrifying Dada. movie, huh. Bobcat Goldthwaite's no. Willow Creek. No, I did not like that movie at all. I thought it was that terrible. That movie's scary as shit. No, it is not. It's, it's a, it's almost a shot for shot remake of the Blair Witch Project for a start. Scary tent scene. Yeah. Which is almost exactly the same as the tent scene in the Blair Witch no Project. Tent scene in the Blair Witch Project, is there? There were like ten tent scenes. <laughs> stay in tents. They're out there for like three nights. What do you think? I only remember the main things. There's I remember a scene in the, in the Blair, Blair Witch, Witch Project, Project. Where, where they're in the tent and something starts shaking the tent. Really? It's almost identical to Willow Creek. No wonder I, you like the only Willow thing Creek I if you remember, haven't seen the Blair Witch Project. The, I have seen the Blair Witch Project. I don't know if you have. That's one of the most iconic bits. I've been called out. No, the part I remember is that it's a girl and two guys, mm-hmm. and mostly I remember them walking around in the woods and getting lost, which... That, that it does is, happen in Willow Creek. Also happens but, in Willow Creek. <laughs> but but the main ha- thing I remember is like they keep walking and they keep passing the same tree. That is so scary. Well, okay. Well, let me. Do you know? Did you look much into the Blair Witch Project? Uh uh-uh. uh. All right. So, is, well, first of all, fuck Willow Creek. It's is terrible. It, real? it basically is. No. Oh. But <laughs> let me. Uh, I, I got really into it. I really liked it. I thought it was really yeah. effective. And the guys who made it, not only did they make a pretty kick ass found footage movie that spawned an entire subgenre which makes results but still um they also really went all out on the marketing and that was the main thing that really sold it to everyone i think was that they created a whole uh, basically arg about it they had a website which had Mm -hmm. very realistic information about these missing people and stuff like that and they also created an entire documentary about like a, a documentary that aired on TV to coincide with the Blair Witch Project, presenting Whoa. it like a documentary about the legend and the missing people and people wow. other people who've gone missing. And you can find that all online. It's on the DVD, if nothing else. And uh, they also they created an entire mythos. Like before in the movie, you really don't get that much exposition. You don't get that much in the way of like here's what's happening. They they don't find a room. What often happens in found footage movies now is that they'll find a room towards the end which has newspaper clippings which explains everything, or you see a flashback or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they didn't really do that. They give away pretty little. You you don't even see the entity or whatever the witch. You know, you never see it. There, yeah. Yes, but what they did was they knew exactly what the story was, and they knew exactly what the mythology was. Even if they didn't choose to give all of that away in the movie, they did. You can piece it together from other things like that documentary that came out, or stuff from the website, or whatever. You can piece it together, and what it actually seems to be the the official explanation seems to be is that they entered into some kind of time warp. Yeah, right. You wouldn't know that from watching the movie for the first time. The, the terrible new movie that came out kind of explains it outright, but don't hmm. listen to that. But essentially what happened is, if you pay attention, uh, they'll say that Rustin Parr, who's the serial killer who was supposedly possessed by the witch and lured children and killed them in the house, uh, that his house was burnt down by the villagers. And yet in the movie, they end up at his house and it's still standing. Oh, that's interesting. And that's apparently... And the reason they can't find the road and the reason they can't seem to leave the area that they're in because the road isn't is built yet. because the road isn't there yet yeah oh. so all of that stuff is fucking cool 
That you know? is cool. And that is the kind of imagination, the kind of just thought into the whole mythos of the story you're telling that just you don't see in found footage movies now. Now it's like, all right, someone died, there's a ghost, and we're going to get killed by it. That's pretty much all a, all it takes to make a found footage movie. Dude. Let's say, all right, here's a, here's a high school. Uh, someone died during a play. All right, they're going to kill us while we're in this building. Okay, uh, here's a hotel. Yep, there's something bad in here. It's going to kill us. All right. But actually, that's why I like The Shining, too. The Shining has a lot... The movie The Shining, especially, has a lot of... uh, You know, leaves a lot of stuff up to interpretation. And, I mean, Room 237, you know, they go a little bit too far in interpreting it. Two for two on Rodney Asher documentaries. I think he's really good. Did you see the one that he made for Shudder? No. What's it called? It came out a few years ago. I think it was meant to be part of a series, but it seems to have gotten cancelled. So there's only one episode of it. It's called, I think, Primal Screen. And it's about this one... It's a really fascinating documentary. And again, I like his style of documentary telling. He he mixes it enough with reenactments that yeah, are kind of artsy. Yeah. yeah, cinematic reenactments that make it pretty engaging, even yeah. if essentially you're just listening to people talk. Um, Primal Screen is about a commercial for a movie called Magic with Anthony Hopkins playing a ventriloquist who gets kind of possessed by his dummy. It's a very old movie. It's decent it's not great but there's a trailer for it which is you know back in the day trailers used to be made specifically for the movie it wasn't just showing a bunch of images from the movie it was a little short film to promote the movie and it's a it's a trailer of a dummy just a ventriloquist dummy just staring at the camera and talking and kind of getting a little creepy weird and apparently there was like an entire generation of people who were petrified by that commercial that's interesting. And okay. so we get some of those together and they're all talking about exactly why it's... I mean, some of them to this day still have nightmares about that commercial. And anyway, yeah, I think he's a... I, I like what he's and doing. So, you know, that's so interesting, interesting you bring that up. You just unearthed something for me. There... I was one time at a concert and I was standing and I looked around me and it was all ventriloquist dummies in the... No. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing there Bits. and I was standing there bits. listening to the conversations of the people because I go to concerts alone mostly and I was listening to the fucking conversations oh, of the people around me uh-huh. and um, these people were yammering on and on. It was this very annoying lady but she was yammering on and on about how she, when she was young she used to be very, very scared by a logo that would come at the end of a TV show that she watched. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Screen Gems logo. There was nothing especially scary about it. It was just like an orange triangle and a sound effect. And the right. way and it would come together and I think I want to say it was Screen Gems. And she was saying that she was really scared of it and that there was actually a short doc made because this was a phenomenon of people who were very scared by this right, Screen right. Gems logo, which is not even like especially inherently terrifying. No, it just hits something in your head. Yeah, yeah. And, and and she said that she got interviewed as part of this short doc. That so, so it sounds like that's very similar to the It might have been thing. him. Maybe he was trying to make a whole series of it. Yeah, this would have been going <laughs> yeah. back to quite a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, but let but me, it was a it was a shared phenomenon or something that you are like I don't know why I'm scared by that but it really freaks me out and then he realized other people were also scared by something kind of inoffensive or unassuming. Yeah, well, with that with that other one, it doesn't sound like that. Well, one the magic just... the magic trailer is like meant to be creepy in the same way that almost every trailer for a horror movie would be. But right. For some reason, it really stuck in some people's heads. Yeah. yeah. Here I've just googled it. 
And it's not even a movie that was that popular. It, it, it didn't go that far, you know. It, it's not even that great a movie, but... We're going to pull it up for you. It's only six seconds long. Okay. Look right here. This was the... Yeah, I can see why that would bother someone. And young. for whatever reason, it, it's the it's the weird dissonant noise. Yeah, and the the color scheme is kind of horrible as well. Yeah, I can understand people not liking that. Yeah, so apparently there was a whole documentary made about this. I want to find it and see if I can watch it actually. But I'm wondering if it was. Uh, uh, I'm wondering if it was made by a young Rodney Asher. I'm not sure, but it's definitely an interesting. I mean, it's the same with that whole. Um, that would be an amazing series, by the way. Just chronicling widespread illogical sort of like yeah. little things that played on TV that people just kind of remember. I would I would be happy to take part in a documentary about people who have fear of crucifixes. I've never once met anyone who has the same fear as me. That'd be interesting. But I'm sure they're out there. They have to yeah. be. Um, the, it's quite similar to that, uh, what's it called, Mandela effect. Mm. It's a similar thing of people all sharing a misconception about something or a collective or, memory yeah yeah collective misremembering usually um so like one i mean i've had a, f- a few of them work for me a few of them the the main one which probably won't make much sense to you because you've never watched james bond movies but there's a scene in i was a big james bond fan when i was young we've established this mm-hmm. and moonraker i look i like jaws the character you know yeah. the, the big tall guy with metal teeth mm-hmm. I liked him as a character, and there's a scene in Moonraker where he, there's a whole subplot towards the end where he kind of becomes a good guy, spoiler alert, uh, because he falls in love. He meets a girl, and he kind of falls in love and then becomes nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fucking stupid, but the scene where he meets her is, like, I can't remember exactly what happens, but there's kind of like a crash, and she helps him out. He, she like helps lift up some shit so that he can get out and they're alone in this kind of desert and she looks at him she's this little scientist girl she looks at him and smiles and she has braces and then he smiles back because he's like oh i have metal teeth too like that's how we get along you know like and that's how they bond because she smiles at him and she has braces that makes sense to you as a scene right yeah turns out she, she doesn't have braces what do you mean she doesn't have braces that's it, the Mandela effect. Everyone but, remembers her having braces because that makes sense for them to fall in love. That's that was like the joke. That's weird. That was the joke in the scene. Well, not the joke, but like the kind of point of the scene was like he gets up, looks at this girl, and she kind of smiles at him, and she has braces. So then he smiles back because he's got these big metal teeth. So that's kind of how they bond. Yeah, but she doesn't have braces. And it took me, I literally, if you'd asked me, I asked my dad the same thing. He was like, yeah, she has braces. That's why they fall in love. He fell in love with the braces girl. No, she doesn't. Whoa. Like So that scene, watching it back now, when I looked it up on YouTube and stuff, I was like, the scene doesn't make sense. It's weird that some girl just smiles at him and suddenly he's happy. That's fucked. It's really fucking, that one drives me absolutely crazy because I watched that movie a million times when I was a kid and that I remember being as like, Kind of stupid, but also kind of sweet. I was like, oh yeah, well. Some of those are cool. Some of those are weak. Like the, some of them are the, pretty weak. The Berenstein Bears one fucked me up because I had yeah, so many Berenstein about, Bears I, books, and it's Berenstain. And yeah. you would think, because and you know why it fucked me up? Because I had so many discussions when I was a kid about whether it was Berenstein or Berenstein, right? And never once did Berenstain come up. Yeah, you know what I mean. There are a few of them. Uh, genuine. I did read a little bit into it, and I read 
I kind of start to understand the psychology behind it, but it doesn't. That fucking Jaws one, I cannot get over. Right. That, that absolutely. I know. At least Berenstein, Berenstein, it could just be chalked up to the handwriting or whatever. Exactly. Like, so things like that, or like the Kit Kat, you know, does it have a hyphen or doesn't it? You know, right. like, some well, things like memory, that. It's just yeah. like, well, it's just kind of hard. Maybe it's hard to remember or whatever. The jaw, that specific one from Moonraker, that's the reason it freaked me out is because not that many people talk about Moonraker. You know, it's not like it's a such a pop culture, um, you know, it's not like it's Nominal. a story, yeah, like Star Wars or whatever. But then again, you know, like C3PO, um, that's another Mandela effect thing. What, uh, uh, does he have a silver leg or not? No, yes, he does. Huh? One he's of his gold. legs. He's one of his gold le- all the way through. No, one of his legs is silver. Well, the Mandela effect in Star Wars is fucked up, though, because no, in Star the, Wars in the has original been Star Wars and always throughout every every edition of the film, he's had a silver leg. What? I, I can show you right now if you want. Well, you could look it up. Or he's all gold. No, he's not. He's got a silver leg. You're pulling my leg. I'm not pulling your leg. That's an, that's another popular Mandela effect thing. Oh boy! Well, yeah, he's got a silver leg. I mean, I guess it's just people just not noticing. But that every, not only that, but every uh, figurine of him had a silver leg too. We should ask Zombie Joe about this. Yeah, he would know. He loves the Star Wars figurines. That's fucked. Yeah. Wow, dude! Welcome back to fucking unsolved mysteries with yeah, dude. Stack, that's the dude. that's the alien thing. Leonard, Nimoy, if anyone's bitch. listening to this and and used to watch James Bond films, what do you remember about that scene in Moonraker? That scene in Moonraker where Jaws gets saved by the girl and then she smiles at him and he smiles back at her. Did she have braces or not? She did. In my fucking my, I still can see it. I remember I watched that movie a million times when I was a kid, and she had braces, and that's the only way that scene makes sense. So for it not to be true, not only is it weird that I have a weird, you know, well, not just me, but many people have a wrong memory of it, but also it makes the scene not make sense. Right. It's like taking something out of the scene that made the scene work. So I don't know if that's just like our collective brains filling in something to make the scene less stupid, but like, I don't know. It really drives me crazy, that one. That I'm is- not saying it's aliens, but... You know, you've been watching a lot of aliens lately. You know what types of effects they might have. The the most interesting thing I heard about aliens uh, was that we as a species may have a kind of collective amnesia. We don't quite know. Like when we're born and when we grow up and when we learn about everything, we still don't quite know why we're here. And we don't understand really what we are or why we're here. Aliens. I wouldn't even describe myself as spiritual. But yeah. it does make me kind of wonder when people say, well, doesn't it make sense that there might be things that just because we can't see them, it doesn't mean that they don't exist? That could be yeah. absolutely true for all I know. I don't know. I, I, I read that. I want to try and fuck them. I, re- <laughs> I want to fuck them all. Re- <laughs> That's what frustrates me about it. I'm sick of fucking animals and humans. I want to start fucking the spirits and the aliens too. The invisible crabs that hang around our brains. If I ever got abducted by aliens, the first thing I would do if I could was just like you know pull pull my fucking. Do you have something? Pull my pants down and just let the let the anti gravity lift my lift my fucking Johnson up. (laughs) Let's see what they do with it. You hear about that fucking shit about like banging alien? That's you hear hear about that shit about like when you're just sitting there and you get in like a 
like you when you ever just like walk into a room and and then you realize you're like oh i've been standing here for easily 10 seconds and i completely forgot what i'm like when you just talk I mean, it happens to me all the time where you're just talking and then you just it's because you remember childhood sexual trauma and then your no, mind no, no, shut down for a few minutes. No, that's not what yeah. it is. It's because every once in a while, if you just slip up a little bit, one of those fucking invisible crabs just gets in your brain and they take something from you, some little piece of your brain juice, whatever, some little piece of your consciousness or memory, whatever it is they feed on. This is what the this is what they say. And then just Who's like, they? By the way, a, cre- no, a creepy pasta that I a read. Pasta, right? yeah. <laughs> All right, the little, the little invisible crabs are fucking with your brain for a few minutes, right? But no, because it, it could be however long. But it's like they take something from you. Like they literally, mm-hmm. like they like the way the way the way animals eat dust. These little these things eat memory, or they eat pieces of consciousness. Isn't that scary and cool? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, it was a great little creepy. Well, you know, I mean, most creepy pasta is fucking trash. But yeah. this was like, hey, this is a cool, scary little concept within like four paragraphs. Yeah. Well, no, I like all those like again things that go back to superstition that we don't even feel like we don't think about so much now. But uh, for instance, uh, you know, like uh, saying "bless you" when you sneeze and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some superstitions say that that's because they believe your your spirit or your soul is trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, but apparently, it actually goes back to the plague. Mm-hmm. Because if you sneeze, they're like, bless you to hope you're not ill, basically. Yeah, but there's a lot <laughs> but of But then stuff there are other things where it's like, oh, your heart stops for a second when you sneeze, so they're blessing you to make sure it keeps going. There's a lot of stuff they say goes back to the plague that actually fucking doesn't. I heard like, that ring that around one... Rosie ain't got shit to do with the plague, man. Oh, it doesn't? I thought it did. I'm assuming. <laughs> I thought it literally did, because it's like ring around, ring around a Rosie, a no. pocket full of posies, and they used to use posies to sniff because they thought that it was malodor. It was I, asthma that caused plague. I right? asthma, baby. Little little plug. Plug for uh, Justin Brink. <laughs> but uh, if you're ever in Chicago, they they I believe. Um, I think I went to look this up once, and it turned out that the ring around the Rosie thing is apocryphal, and that ring around the Rosie actually goes back to before the plague. About what though? Because it does seem to be pretty specific. Can we look it up? Can we look it up on the cast? Yeah, sure. Do a little not? research, why and not? then we'll close it out. We'll close it out on a little ring around the rosy action. While I'm, well, I want to talk about there. deja vu as well because that's another fucking oh, weird damn, thing. That dude, we welcome back to mysterious mysteries. Yeah, this is like coast to coast with Art Bell. R.I.P. Is that who that is? Yeah, you don't know Art Bell. No, I know Robert Stack and I know Leonard Nimoy. Those are the two guys. Different who, people. Those are the two guys who hosted like. Uh, you know, like unsolved mysteries and uh, yeah, that's like different. Whatever, I'm, like not the outer limits. Coast to like Coast a was a great show because it was this this old fellow. I think mostly Nevada. I think that's where he eventually set up base. Uh, just taking a radio show, constantly talking about these kind of weird things and getting call-ins. He got some call-ins which were genuinely scary. I think they turned out mostly to be either hoaxes or whatever. But he had a guy from who claimed to have worked in Area Fifty One call in. And that, oh, that yeah. was genuinely frightening. If well, you listen to that tape, it's creepy. That audio is at the end of a Tool album with like some scary oh, drums right? behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, but most of it is just him dealing with clearly mentally unstable people, and it's quite funny. Yeah, but it's actually very funny. I, I tried to copy it once when I tried to do a kind of parody of that kind of yeah. thing, but it's impossible to be as funny as genuine. <laughs> genuine disappointment <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to find ghosts and just getting a bunch of very odd people talking about their laundry so when you <laughs> type it in, in in wikipedia it comes up with the original title which is ring a ring of roses yeah 
The origins and meaning of the game have long been unknown and subject to speculation. In 1898, a dictionary of British folklore contained the belief that an explanation of the game was of pagan origin based on the Sheffield glossary comparison of Jacob Grimm's Deutsch mythology. Mm -hmm. Uh, The theory states that it is in reference to pagan myths inside of the passage which says gifted children of of fortune have the power to laugh roses as Freya wept gold. Believing the first... Wait, hang on. What does that mean? I don't know. Let me, let me find out the part where it says. How about gold? this? Here we go. Right here. Ready? Right. Since the 20th century, the rhyme has often been associated with the Great Plague, which happened in England in 1665, or with earlier outbreaks of the Black Death in England. So in Interpreters of the rhyme before the Second World War make no mention of this. But by 1951, it seems to have become well-established as an explanation for the form of the rhyme that had become standard in the United Kingdom. Peter and Iona Opie, the leading authorities on nursery rhymes, remarked the following. The invariable sneezing and falling down in modern English versions have given would-be origin finders the opportunity to say that the rhyme dates back to the Great Plague. I thought it was more to do with the pocket full of posies. A a rosy rash, they allege, was a symptom of the plague, and posies of herbs were carried as protection and to ward off the smell of the disease. Sneezing or coughing was a final fatal symptom, and all fall down was exactly what happened. The line, ashes, ashes, and colonial versions of the rhyme is claimed to refer variously to cremation of bodies... Yeah. or the burning of victims' houses, or the blackening of their skin. Mm-hmm. The theory has been adapted to be applied, blah, blah, blah. In its various forms, the interpretation has entered into popular co- uh, culture. However, folklore scholars regard this theory as baseless for several reasons. One, the plague explanation did not appear until the mid-20th century. Okay. Two, the symptoms described do not especially fit well with the Great Plague. And there's two sources there. Well, it's not that they're going to say, lumps under the arms, lumps <laughs> under the arms. Three, the great, the, groin. the great Your variety, off. the great variety of forms makes it unlikely that the modern form is the most ancient one, and the words on which the interpretation are based are not found in many of the earliest records of the rhyme. And then European and 19th century versions of the rhyme suggest that this fall was not a literal falling down, but a curtsy or other form of bending movement that was common in other dramatic singing games. I mean, okay, it doesn't sound like they're decided that it hasn't got anything to do with the plague. It sounds, if anything, like it might have been an I, old I, an I, old song that then got, you know, sort of yeah, appropriated. I think, I think folklorists are probably like historians in that they need a real overwhelming amount of evidence to decide yeah. on. So they would need someone from the plague talking <laughs> about... To come back and be like, yeah, yeah cause I, I remember was, that tune, it was a banger. Well, I was actually wrong um, <laughs> when I said that it was before the plague. It actually came after the plague, but so significantly well, if after they say the it was, plague. If they say it was pagan stuff, then that hints that it was before the plague, right? No, no, no. So it says here, it first appeared in print in 1881, so long after yeah. the plague. No, but, and then but it says, that, but that... it is reported that a version was already being sung to the current tune in around the 1790s, and similar rhymes are known from across Europe. It has a round folk song index number of 7925. <laughs> okay whatever uh, that means yeah i don't know what that means either but uh, but no i mean it made sense to me that even if it wasn't sung around i'm not saying that it dated back to those times but it but seems to about, certainly about, about it seems to be i mean pocket again to me it's the pocket full of posies because that is literally what people used to do they used to carry flowers around to smell them so that that's why plague doctors have that stupid mask it's because they'd put herbs yeah. in there well i mean so there's a lot of stuff to, like that, that protect them that we've come to think is about certain things like a lot of people say London Bridge is about, you know... London Bridge is burning, da- falling down? Yeah, yeah. What did yeah. they say that one's about? 
I it's like it being bombed or like some kind of catastrophe or whatever. Well, because uh, it was burnt down, wasn't it? And they used to I have it got like bombed in one of the wars. Yeah, but... I think it's about that. But in actuality, it's about two guys banging a chick. Really? That's what it's really. That about. doesn't sound true. <laughs> it's about banging your dad. The uh, sex act name say. actually came before the bridge. Uh, the bridge was named after was the, the That's the Eiffel act. Tower, isn't it? Uh, That's whatever. the sex act, right? Well, no, Fergie, because Fergie sings about. Well, Fergie sings a song where she's like, that London, London, London. One of the London, London, songs. Yeah, and then, then the music video is just shots of Tower Bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's because you know why? Because London Bridge Because in America, like they ass. think... Well, London Bridge just looks like a fucking weird train track. Yeah. Because essentially that's what it is. But yeah, so in the video for London Bridge, her song London Bridge. Yeah. And she keeps saying London, 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 bridge, whatever. Yeah. And then in the music video, you just keep seeing Tower Bridge because that's the, I would assume Americans all think that that's London Bridge because it's the most famous bridge in London. Exactly. Which we all do, but, but it's, it's actually no, Tower, that's Tower I Bridge. Learned that, I learned that once. I was kind of disappointed when I found that out, that the thing that we all think is London Bridge is actually... Uh, Tower Bridge and uh, London Bridge actually looks like shit. London Bridge is basically a train station now. Yeah, it's a train station, and it used to be the home of the London Dungeon. But apparently, it used to have all kinds of shit on it. Like it had someone's head on it after a certain fucking revolution of some. Oh no, it used to have a lot of heads on it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, from what I, from what I remember, anyway, it's been a while since I've gone into all the London history stuff. But yeah, it used to be similar to Traitors Gate. It would just have heads of. Yeah, like a public shaming. That was that's how they did it back in the day. You fucking Twitter yeah. pussies. You used to actually <laughs> cut people's heads off and shove them up in Let's public. Let's cut Terry Crews' goddamn head off and yeah, hang man. it on the Golden Gate Bridge. If you guys Neil really deGrasse give a Tyson, fuck. he's he's got canceled too. Like, why don't we put his up all of there? them? Everybody. Yeah, all the heads. John Ronson himself. John Ronson, <laughs> Justine Sacco. Who else? <laughs> Together. Scarlett kissing. Johansson got canceled recently. Why don't we have her up there as well? Ugh. Oh, yeah. and and by the way, if you ever go to that Scientology anti-psychiatry museum oh yeah they have a they have a room they have a room at the i mean you want to talk about distasteful they have a room at the end of it that has all of these pictures of dead celebrities and like if they ever took a psychiatric drug in their lifetime it's like here's what killed them oh really they had robin williams picture up there i went like a week after robin williams died. oh that's and they were like robin williams was on antidepressants (laughs) and then he hung himself that's so baller man i I fucking love the audacity they also they also have a they also it's like it that is an amazing museum we got to talk about that on the next episode i gotta get going soon but yeah i really want to go there i've never gone but it it is i'm gonna write about it but but i'll just say spoiler alert they definitely tie school shootings into psychiatric drugs right and Mm -hmm. better than that the museum is fucking immersive and the school shooting exhibit is highly themed and highly immersive oh fuck yeah do you get to like you get to hide under a desk and shit it Kind of. Oh, I'll I'll just like, say oh I'm it's, looking for. Is it the you, one in Hollywood, right? You, yeah, you oh, enter yeah, through a go. padded room. Oh fuck yeah, that dude! Great. It's actually awesome. Like as an immersive <laughs> horror, it's free, right? It's free. Honestly, <laughs> you should go if you want to go. Let me know. I'll join you. Yeah, let's go. Let's uh, do it sometime. But like, it's you have to be like you just have to kind of grit your teeth and bear it as they like they'll they'll, they'll you ask you to shit. donate yeah, and stuff fine. and stuff like that. That's fine. I'll, I'll... I I mean I I I donated. I, I kind of did. <laughs> At the yeah. end of it, you're like, yeah. Oh, fuck it, you deserve my money. Well, I wanted to take one of their DVDs. As uh-huh. a teaching thing, and I felt bad just taking it, so I donated oh, right. like two dollars. Oh, that's fair, I guess. But yeah, God, but, don't let don't let anyone hear you say that. 
Yeah, you know, I, you know, maybe we should cut that. I out. love, that, I, I love that Max is so committed to the the excitement of theme parks or anything otherwise immersive that he's like, fuck it, I'll even donate Scientology. They put on a good show. It is horribly, it is horribly talked. Like, there's, I mean, like to me, it's like morally chastising that exhibit is completely redundant. What's the point? Yeah, like, no, I agree. That's the thing. Yeah, but anyone who's likely to listen to this is not exactly going to be on board with the fucking science. Right. You know, but uh, but, but regardless. It's it's like um, Cylons, no Cylons, Cylons, yeah, yeah like yeah. from ba- Battlestar Galactica. Right, yeah. But the the whole thing, my whole takeaway from it was just like, what's it called? Um, it's it is so fucking immersive. It is like a haunt. That's like cool. you go in there and it's scary music and low lighting and like bloody walls. Oh, and, yeah. and like taking you through the history of psychiatry and like, you know what psychiatry used to be? It used to be cutting people's fucking heads open and bleeding them out to get rid of their fucking humors yeah, and man. shit like that. And I was like, it's, it's, it's cr- oh, the Nazis, psychiatry led to the Nazis. <laughs> like, and it's like, also and they're very like, yeah. easy to say that if you're a religion that's like a hundred years old. You know, well, right? Like, yeah. Not even. You don't have, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, you can be like, well, we had nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. Well, and that, and that was the whole, that was the thing that was really awesome is like, they're like, you know, all the, all the most, uh, pro- all the most notable psychiatric experiments came from the fucking Holocaust. Dr. Yeah, Mangala yeah. loved psychiatry and so did Adolf Hitler. He thought it was a very promising field. So, <laughs> so what do you think of that? Yeah. Now go look at Robin Williams' corpse that we have in the next room because they seem to have an endless budget. Yeah. They man. seem to well, have a do. fucking have a endless budget. Yeah. Like the, so the immersive factors are off the charts, oh, like cool interactive yeah. displays and like scary fucking theming. Like I, like, like I said, you go, you start by watching a movie in a padded room oh, cool. and, and you go through this big ass scary metal gate. There's no photography inside the museum, but they, they offer to take your picture standing at the entryway and the entryway. They said they themed it after the entryway to Auschwitz. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Because that's so what psychiatry like is. Fry on top and stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, awesome. and, and it's like a metal. And then you go into a padded room and then you go into all these like scary, like if, if they put a scare actor in there with a fucking like a flashlight on his head. Head and a fucking stethoscope or something, I would not be shocked. <laughs> like, all right, so that's a that's a plug and a promotion for Scientology yeah. and the what was it? The Museum of Psychiatry. Museum of uh, it's actually called Psychiatry and Industry of Death. Okay, yeah. So yeah, if you want a good time, go uh, sponsor the Scientology. It is one hundred percent. Make sure to free. donate. No, please don't donate. Make sure to donate. They need the money. <laughs> they got big plans. Please don't donate, guys. <laughs> all right, that's about. To all happen. right, all right.